Well, welcome to the Speak With People podcast. My name is Jason Reitz, and I'm so excited that you're joining us today. Here at Speak With People, we believe that healthy communication is oxygen for your relationships and your leadership. So whether you communicate regularly one-on-one to a team from a stage or from behind a screen, we really hope that our time today encourages you, challenges you, and really inspires you to breathe life into your world with your communication. Let me just ask you a quick question before we hop in uh, to our conversation today. Where do you turn to for uh, communication and leadership help? I mean, do you turn to courses? Do you turn to books? Do you turn to mentors? Let me just offer uh, an option for you. At Speak With People, we have the Speak With People Facebook community group. This is a great group of hundreds of leaders from around the country who come together to curate ideas, to bounce ideas off of each other, and to grow and learn to elevate the importance and practice of our healthy communication. So head to facebook.com slash groups slash speak with people and join today. Well, I'm so excited for today's podcast because we're going to talk about how do we captivate our audience as communicators. And especially if you're someone who stands in front of people and communicates, whether it's in a boardroom, whether it's in an auditorium, uh, whether it's uh, actually in front of a camera and you're doing a training for Zoom. And so how do we keep the audience engaged for the entirety of our message? Are the first 30 seconds really that important? Does it help to have a structure that we can go by for our talk or message or speech? Well, today I'm joined uh, by speaker and author Fabian Ramirez. He's going to unveil some speaking secrets. He's going to help us discover some expert strategies just from all of his wealth of experience in communicating. I'm going to leave more of his introduction to himself, but this is just a leader and speaker that I highly admire. I followed him for I, I don't want to sound like a stalker, but it's been many years online. He's just in my top five of speakers and just really appreciate him taking the time to be on the podcast today. So Fabian, welcome to the Speak With People podcast. Yeah, Jason, man, thanks for having me today. I'm excited to share some knowledge with, the, with your audience and your constituents. I know it's going to be a, a fun day and uh, they'll walk away with something that they can implement right away. I love it. I love it. Well, hey, before we hop into the conversation, the interview, could you just give us a little bit more, your your story, who you are, what you do, all that kind of stuff? Yeah. So I grew up in Houston, Texas. And uh, in middle school, this is kind of where I start, because like in middle school, uh, I was I was picked on and bullied by a gang member. Mm. And um, and so I, I, I held all those negative emotions for a long time. In fact, I actually started to dress like a gang member because I thought, man, if this is the way that, that you can get respect, then that I'm going to do it. So that wow. was a big part of my growing up. Um, now, eventually, you know, I learned that that didn't, that didn't get you anywhere. You know, it brought a lot of enemies into my life. And I definitely didn't want to go that route. Um, now, I was in a youth group. And so I think that being able to just be around people who talk about, <clears throat> you know, how do you make a difference in people's lives? Mm. You know, obviously, Christ made a difference in a lot of people's lives. And so that that kind of won over the other, all those negative emotions that I had. And so I started to just treating people the way I wanted to be treated. I started to live out, you know, Luke's when, when in Luke, when Jesus says to love your enemies, you know, I started to do that. I started to apologize to people who I thought they didn't even like me. They're like, why are you apologizing? You know? And so, uh, so that kind of led me down this path of being popular at school. So I went from being bullied to being the prom king of my high school. And it wow. was, I, I kind of turned, yeah, I turned it around myself. I'm like, I'm not going to wait for somebody else to come along and kind of help me. And you know what? I'm just going to start treating people the way I want to be treated. So yep. that was like the biggest takeaway. Even now, when I go speak to students, man, just treat people the way you want to be treated. Mm. I guarantee you, you will overcome your enemies and they'll become some of your best friends. Wow. Wow. 
That's amazing. So growing up, were you, uh, you know, a huge uh, Houston sports fan then, I'm guessing? I was, man. I even have, you know, at two months old, I'm in an Astros onesie, all right? And so, uh, <laughs> so I, I told my mom, man, thank you so much for putting me in that onesie. You know, uh, it's made a difference, especially nowadays. Like, we've had a lot of bad years, but uh, the Astros are, you know, obviously they're, they're doing really well right now yep. in the last five, five, six years. Uh, yep. you know, they, they went through a, a time when they, you know, I don't know where they were cheating. What was not, I was like, man, every, every team pretty much cheats. That's why we have signals, right? Absolutely. And so, uh, yeah. So anyways, all that to say, um, they're doing really well. So I'm an Astros fan, love baseball. And so we'll talk a lot about baseball yeah. and this, you know, kind of what we learned along the way. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, yesterday, one of my favorite moments happened. Verlander faced Miguel Cabrera, who Miguel Cabrera's Detroit Tigers, you know, his last year, year 20 or whatever it is. And they, they both did the tip of the cap. I mean, it was just like yeah. quintessential baseball. I loved it. That was Perfect. I loved it. I saw it. Yeah, he had a little helmet. Yeah. Yep. I love yep. that, man. Yeah. Miggy's just, he's incredible. So awesome. <laughs> well, hey, uh, but, okay. Uh, see, I told you off camera, I wouldn't throw you for a loop with too many um, conversations, but you, you telling your story, too many questions, you telling your story triggered a question that I know probably we have a lot of parents that listen. You know, you talk a lot about bullying. We'll hop into the communication stuff in one second, but uh, what what encouragement would you give parents? You know, I mean, bullying has not gone away, right? I mean, it's still happening. It's still, you know, all over the place. Now kids have to deal with it on on their phones, you know, in person. What what is there any any advice you would give parents on and how to speak into that? What to communicate to their kids about bullying? I mean, I I know I'm putting you right on the spot, but would love any advice that you could give. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, you know, <clears throat> I consider I'm a parent, but I'm also a coach to my kids. Mm. And so if there's anybody I want coaching my kids, it's going to be me. And mm. if I'm not their coach, man, someone else is going to take that role. And so I want them to know that, man, I am going to be there for you every single part of the way. And mm. so, and I'll give you, I'll, I'll tell every parent, you know, I was watching um, the Fred Rogers movie the other day mm. and they have this one, he has this one takeaway. All right. He's in front of this man. And he's like a, I don't know, he must've been in his thirties, maybe in his forties. But this man was so emotional. You can see it all over his face. And he's looking at, at, at Fred Rogers and, you know, Tom Hanks is playing him in the movie. But he's looking at him and, and Fred Rogers says to him, like, get it out. What do you want to say? Mm. You know? And then he says these four words that I think every parent should memorize. Anything mentionable is manageable. Mm. Anything mentionable is manageable. Man, it just kind of broke down that man. He started just sharing about what was going on in his heart, what was going on in his life. I mean, it was like a life-saving conversation that wow. Fred Rogers was able to have. All because he asked those, all because he told him, look, man, whatever you say, we're going to work through it together. You know, I'm going to be there every step of the way. Mm. So every time I, I hear parents uh, talk about, man, my, my kid is getting picked on. I've already done everything, you know, and I get those parents, right? I'm on my wits end. I don't know where else to turn. I've already told yep. the teacher and the principal, yep. they're not doing anything about it. I was like, yeah, but have you been there for your kid? First mm. and foremost, we want to make sure your kid knows that you're going to be with them every step of the way. Yeah. Because yeah, if they see the teacher's not for them, I mean, they're already a distant person in their life. You know, the principal, yep. even that much more. Yep. But the yep. parent should be first and foremost. Yep. So for every parent, man, make sure that your kid knows anything mentionable is manageable. Mm. Wow. Wow. Awesome. Well, man, thank you for starting off this interview with some just some gold. Uh, I appreciate yeah, that. Absolutely. 
but I had to ask, especially with your, you know, resource. So kind of, you know, pivoting now. So you travel. I mean, that's what you do full time. You, tra- you travel, you speak, you primarily go into schools. You do, you know, talk with companies and you, I mean, you kind of the whole gamut. But, you know, when did you first know you wanted to be a public speaker? When did it like, you know, the light bulbs go off? Were you, were you, you know, like, OK, I, I can do this. I'm, I'm just always so fascinated to know. Yeah, Jason, you'll you'll love this story because uh, you know the guy that I'm about to bring up. Mm. So I was a youth pastor in Dallas, Texas, and I was always speaking. I love speaking to students, you know, but part of, you know, it's hard, as you know, because I know know you've had a pastor role in the past uh, every week having to come up with different content, different (laughs) content. And, you know, when you're a speaker, man, you can have, you know, nowadays when you're like a traveling speaker, you know, or an evangelist, you know, you have three or four like go to's. Right. Well, it's the same way in the speaking world. Right. Depending on what they invite you or hire you for well i had just had eden eden is now almost 13 years old that's why i always tell people man i've been speaking for almost 13 years now why because when when eden was born i was holding her and i was i was subscribed to entrepreneur magazine and ink magazine Mm. and the ink magazine that came in they had a a a headline on the front and it said so you want to be a motivational speaker and I was like, huh. So I turned to the page and I'm holding my daughter. Remember, I, mean, I, I think she's feeding a bottle. <clears throat> so I turned to it and it said the art of, of motivating people. And, I, and it, it was a, it was an article about this guy named Josh Shipp. <laughs> and he had just finished. Got, he just got off the stage at a feature farm FFA convention. Mm-hmm. And he had just finished keynoting. And it said that he was talking to two people, almost like he was training them. So. I like shooting for, I like, you know, going for the fences, right? So I emailed this guy. I'm like, hey, I just saw an article about you. Of course, knowing Josh, he was he was already ready for this. He's like, yeah, man. Hey, I'm putting out a course and I started next week. It's called Youth Speaker University, right? And I show people what I do, you know? And so I'm like, yeah. So I was one of his first, I would probably venture to say I was his first. I want him to look back at the records. Uh, one of the first people to sign up for a Youth Speaker University. And so I went to the training. And so it was that, man. I was like, the wow. light bulb went off. Like, because pe- before at a church, you know, people come to you. Yeah. But I wanted to go to the people. Yep. I mean, there's nothing like being able to go into like a random audience. And I love, and I, I just kind of love that, like cold audiences. I love being able to make the switch where they don't know me from Adam. But man, after a good, you know, five, 10 minutes of, of getting to know each other, man, I could just turn the audience. Mm. And there's something just about that. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to do that. And so I, 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 that's how I learned, man. Ink magazine, had I not been subscribed to it, I don't know if I'd be talking to you today, Jason, to be honest with you. Wow. Yeah. It's just those little things, man. You just never know what the next, the next thing is going to come from like either a magazine, a podcast, um, a movie, like everything, everything is a learning experience. Mm. That is so good. And he's still leading youth speaker university today. So he's been leading it for, 13 years, about 13 years now. So I can say that because that's, that's when exactly I signed up about almost 13 years ago. Wow. I can remember years I ago. I still have the magazine. I still <laughs> have the magazine. <clears throat> I showed it to him. I said, look, and it has my name in the front. You know how they, the magazine comes and it's says uh-huh. your address and all that? Well, it, it had it in there. And I told him, look, I didn't go buy this off of Barnes & Noble. This was sent to me and I, I had him sign it. So he signed oh. the uh, the article for me, you know. And that's so I awesome. still had a good signed copy awesome. of it. So. Yeah, I so wanted to in the early years when I think he did a conference called Rock the Stage or something like that. Mm-hmm. I so wanted yeah. to attend that. I was never, never able to. But uh, 
Yeah, yeah it's just uh, incredible. That, that's always a fun one too. Yeah, it's incredible just being around like-minded people. It yes. feels like a big mastermind where yes. you're just listening to people who do what you do. That's why things like speak the people podcast, like like-minded people. We all speak with people. We might as yep. well find out how how are you doing it. Oh man, I can implement that into my own speech. Man, yep. that's it. I'm ready to rock and roll. And it's yeah. like a shot in the arm for us speakers. It's like, man, that's exactly what I needed to hear. You know, now I love I can that. move forward with that. That's so good. Well, take yeah. us inside. So, I mean, you, you're, you know, you walk up in front of a lot of audiences that don't know you. And so you've got to win them. So how important is that those first couple moments when you start? Is it, you know, really make or break? You know, is it something that, you know, you put some emphasis or thought or structure into how you use those first moments? I'd love to know some of your wisdom on that. Yeah. So your speech starts with your introduction. Uh, I would not give I would not give the uh, the person who's bringing you in. They, they will put whatever they find online, you know, and that's not your introduction. So I would actually write it out and I let them read it verbatim, which we yeah. have. We, we always send it to them. They, they read it verbatim. It's exactly the way I want them to do it. Yep. And I tell them, if you could just read that verbatim, that'd be perfect. Or else they go up there and be like, yeah, this guy, where's he from again? Oh, I thought he was from <laughs> Dallas. You know, All right. I guess he's from Washington, D.C., you know, and it, yep. it totally ruined the moment. And so. Uh, there's nothing like a principal going up there and just ruining the moment for you. you know? <laughs> uh, but anyway, not, not anything bad about, against principals, but uh, you know, sometimes they'll go up there and, and they'll hijack the speech. And so you don't want people to do that. Um, so anyways, write out your introduction. Then the next, the first 30 seconds of your speech are the most important. Mm. I've tried a lot of different things, you know, especially since I speak to a lot of middle school kids. Like middle school kids are one of the hardest audiences to captivate. Because they're yes. just looking everywhere, especially in a gymnasium. I mean, they're just looking at the wall, the window. They can hear things. I mean, they're just, they just they want to look at everything but you. And so one of the ways that I do that in the first 30 seconds is I start in the middle of my speech. Huh. So I start right in the middle. It's almost like a foreshadow of what I'm going to give them later on. And and it kind of looks like this. All right. And I'll do it real quick because it, it's real quick. It's, it's, it's like they introduce me. I come on stage, I grab the microphone, and right away I start like this. So I'm running down the middle school of my, um, uh, uh, down the hallway of my middle school. Man, I'm yep. running so fast. Teachers come out. They're like, "Where are you going, kid?" And I'm like, "Hey, I'm not listening because I gotta. I'm looking for the bathroom, you know." So anyway, I'm running down the hallway of my middle school. That's where I start my speech. Now it puts the audience kind of like, "Why is he running down the hallway of his middle school?" You know, on the first day of school. Like, I, I want to give them all these questions because I'm about to give them the answers to them. So I have them come up with questions on their own, you know? Yeah. And so I started in the middle of my speech. And, and I've learned when I started to do that, it, get, it makes people feel like I've left them behind. And so one thing you can do is you can make your, if you can make, make your audience feel like they've already missed something, they're more in tune to listen to what you have to say next because they already feel wow. like they're behind. Yeah. Except and so, I, I, you know, I got that from a TV show. And, and you're probably going to ask this, this question because I threw that out there earlier in our, in our, in our notes. <laughs> but I got it from the show Lost. Mm. I remember the, the show Lost. It was a big oh, yeah. show. It was fantastic. The first episode, you can go watch it, man. I'm, I'm sure it's out there on YouTube. But the first episode just starts when they're in a field. And this guy is walking around. He's lying like that on the, on the field. And he gets up. And then there's other people and you're like, okay, there's not just one guy. It's a whole bunch of people. Next thing you know, there's random people. They don't even know each other. Yep. 
And then you see an airplane that's on fire behind them and you realize it was a plane crash, you know? Mm. <clears throat> well, the whole show from that, from there on talks all about what happened leading up to the crash. You know, so that's exactly what I do. I start with the crash yep. and then I, I lead them all the way up to, and the crash, I even say it verbatim the way I started my speech. I also say it again. Cause then the, the, when I get to that point, I can see the kids and they, they're like, Oh, they, they start bump, you know, hey, man, that's the way he started the speech. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so now he, now I can see it's like full circle for them, you know, oh. and by that point I already have them. So yeah. Anyways, if you could do the first 30 seconds, if you could do some kind of a hook, I know some people, you know, the last thing I do is go up there and say, hi, my name is Fabian. Hi, you might not know me or, you know, I'm this, I'm that. Oh man, they've already done that. Let the introduction do that. Yep. Just rip it. Just let it rip, you know? Oh, that's so good. Yeah, because I mean, so many folks who, you know, are, are growing in their experience, that's what they do, right? They walk up and they, they adjust things. Is this thing on? You know, this isn't working. Maybe they'll joke with somebody in the front row. They're losing all that precious time. Yeah, but that's, inc they that's are. incredible. Yeah, that's incredible what you just walked us through. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, that's what I use. I and mean, some people use, you know, they, you know, they juggle or they do stuff. Yeah, if you have that, do it from the first 30 right. seconds. Right. Capture. Boom. Get that. In other words, it's me. I'm on stage. You're here to listen to me. Yeah. And so if you can do that, find out a way to draw the attention to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And you could do that. I mean, you can you can command the stage in a way. That's why like it's it's always shocking to me. You know, this summer I I'm an I'm an old guy, right? And I'm still speaking at some summer camps for kids. And it's just still shocking that, you know, an old guy can walk on stage and they, they'll still listen, you know, they won't tune you out because I mean, they will tune you out if you don't, if you don't do what you just walked us through, you know, but if you do that, it's, it's just amazing what, what will happen if you hook them and you bring them in. Yeah. yeah they want it. I mean, you can bring a young guy and he doesn't do it, man. He just bombs and you just feel so bad for the guy, you know? Yeah. Uh, they just haven't learned it yet or yeah. they haven't practiced it yet. So yeah, it should well, be rehearsed. <laughs> and I, I love how you started, you know, how you, how you start with that story. I love Donald Miller says, you know, the human brain longs for a story and it's just so, I mean, they just can't help themselves. They just get, it's a tractor beam, you know, you just get pulled in like, what's he going to do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's exactly it, man. And so uh, I stick to it. Once I started, I, it all switched for me when I started doing that before mm -hmm. I used to do the other, but that's when it kind of switched for me. I'm like, man, I'm never going back. This is the way I'm doing every speech and it's been great ever since. Yep. So then kind of keep us walking through. So how important is it for you to, you know, do you have a, 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 the same structure to your speech? You know, do you, have you put something together that's, you know, been crucial for you in capturing their attention or, you know, is it just kind of, you know, a mishmash of things or does that structure matter for you? Yeah. So that, that first 30 seconds is very, uh, because I talk about the guy, he pushed me to the floor and, you know, I talk about being assaulted right mm. from the very first 30 seconds. And then right after that, I start telling jokes. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it, it's, it, it does something to the mind because it's like, whoa, that was heavy. All of a sudden now we're laughing, we're having a good time. So for the next 10, 15 minutes, I'm storytelling, but man, it's all jokes. I mean, I'm setting them up, setting them up, punchline, set up, set up, punchline, you know? Mm. And so, and I, and I, 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 I work on this. I, I go to the DC Improv here where Chappelle got his start. Um, and I practice this with people. Yeah. No and way. So, 
Yeah, so you just gotta get up there and just kind of let it rip, and then they'll let you go in front of an audience. They'll they'll have a night where they they bring in about 150 people, and those of us have been practicing. We can do it. They call five minutes to comedy. So we go up and we have five minutes. That blue light turns off. You better get off stage or they get you out. So you got five minutes to just let it rip, and uh, and and I that's how I practice some of the comedy that I do in schools. So I do comedy, and the reason I do comedy. Is because the subject matter that I get into are very heavy. So mm. if you're going to have uh, content that is very heavy, um, I use comedy kind of like anesthesia. I knock out my audience, you know, because I'm about to go deep. So oh. if you ever go to surgery, man, you want them to give you anesthesia because you're going to feel it, right? And yep. so they, I knock out my, I use comedy as anesthesia. And once I, my audience is relaxed, then I, I know I can turn the corner and I can go deep with my message. And so the way my the way my speech is laid out and I use it using the three messes, this is the easiest way to remember it. Hmm. Uh, the first mess is where you share either your mess or you help people in their mess. A lot of counselors actually know this. Hmm. So you either share your mess, right? Because when I when I share my mess and this is what I do on stage, I share about how I was assaulted in middle school. Hmm. When I share my mess, man, people lean forward and I'm like, wow. You just shared a, a heavy part of your life with me. Probably the most yeah. dramatic thing you've ever been through. You just shared it with me, you know? And so now they lean in kind of like, man, they, he, I built trust. You yeah. know, just like if anybody shares any kind of mess with you, I mean, you know, that's like, man, you, you trust me enough to share that with me. And so that's the first mess. The second mess is that now they trust me as the messenger. Mm. So, and as the messenger, I, I, you know, I take that to heart. I'm like, I know why I'm there. I'm, a, I'm about to share a big message. You know, I don't start off by saying, hey, I'm the messenger. I right. start off by saying, man, look what happened to me. Mm. After that, they're open to me as the messenger. And then at the end, I can finally share my message, which is the third mess. So I go from mess to messenger. And then the third mess is message. Now I get to share about anti-bullying. I get to share about drug prevention, uh, these deep topics, you know. Um, I, I never really get into like suicide prevention. Sometimes they do want me to talk about that, um, but only if there's counselors in the room. Other than that, uh, I stick to like anti-bullying kind of message. Wow. But yeah, those, those three messages, I, I lay it all out. And then uh, the storytelling is fantastic because I can start from, from the time I was born and I have a jokes about that. Yeah. And then I have jokes about elementary school. I have jokes about middle school. So I, it helps me in my mind to know where I'm at in my speech by what I'm saying, by the jokes that I'm saying. I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm joking about elementary school. Cool. Mm. I still have, I already know, I'm already 20 minutes into my speech, you know, and then I get into middle school. By the time I'm in middle school and my, my jokes, I'm already at the halfway point of my speech. Mm. So it wow. gives me a good framework in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, and then I, and then I, and then you just bring it home after that. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Going back to when you started, I mean, just getting the the practice for the comedy. I mean, that's, I mean, that's huge. Uh, pe people just have no clue how incredibly hard it is to stand on a stage, have five minutes and provide content to get people to laugh. I mean, it is. Yeah, it's, it's very difficult, man. It's, especially when you're doing it there, like there's 12 of us, there's only 12 of us in the room mm. and you, you have to get up there and, and do jokes to people. And then they criticize you afterwards right. about how you're not 
yeah, about you're too stiff or you're, you're not delivering the punchline right. Or you're not. So the whole goal, the whole goal is this, and, and this is a good one for those of you who do use comedy, is the best comedians out there uh, can do like what they call belly rolls. This is where you tag, tag, tag. So anytime that you can tag or do a draw, uh, a callback, right? Mm. So I'm, I'm real big on callbacks. That's why I always bring up stuff throughout my speech. And then I bring it up again because the mind loves to remember things. Yes. And so that's why I even start with foreshadowing with my story. And then later on, because the mind likes to remember, they're like, oh, I remember he started the speech that way. But the same is true for jokes. You know, if you can if you can kind of set them up back here, not even knowing. And then later on, you revisit that yep. even over and over again. If it's funny, man, keep bringing it up, you know. And so, uh, and that, for example, Growing up, they used to call me Biscuit, you know? And so I had a funny run. So my brothers were always like, run, Biscuit. And so throughout my speech, you know, throughout my speech, I, I bring it up every so often. You know, I graduated high school, man, and my mom was crying. My dad was like, that's my son. My brother was like, run, Biscuit. You know, and so like the kids, the kids get like, oh, that's hilarious. That's the perfect time to use that too, you know? And so throughout oh. my speech, they're, they're telling run, Biscuit. In fact, I end it by them. On the, on the count of three, and let me get a run biscuit from everybody. Oh. One, two, three, run biscuit. So the whole audience actually <laughs> will end it in that way, you know? Oh. And so it, it's cool, man. It's For me, I found to use that uh, as a way to like um, make the brain remember things, yeah. but it's also a good way to, to end it. Cause I yeah. ended it in a way where it's like, man, this is the one thing that used to hurt me. Like they used to make fun of me, call me, you know, I, I know I used to run, but now I use it for good. Yeah. And it doesn't mean the same thing it used to me. Right. And so uh, being able to, to, to put that out there and just kind of, I, I feel like audiences love it when people can use like self-deprecating humor, right? Mm. We don't take ourselves too serious. Yep. They love that. You become more personable. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you know, going back to the comedy club, I mean, Dave Chappelle is just, I mean, he's just, I mean the best. I mean, it's just amazing how he connects and is able to do things in another life. I just wish I could be Nate Bargatze. Like that's, you know, I would love to be, I mean, he's just, I saw him live in Tampa and for, you know, 60, 65 minutes. I mean, it was just a stream of, of just what you just talked about. It was beautiful. The tag and the callback. And I mean, it just kept yeah. us so engaged and it was incredible. Um, that yeah. structure we're actually, of the, we're actually going to see him in September. Oh. He's coming up here to Baltimore, so we'll see Nate Bargaski on September 24th. I think he's out here. And uh, my wife was in his youth group, and so they were in the youth group together at church there in Tennessee. <laughs> no so, way. Uh, we, yeah, so when we see him, she's always like, oh, I remember that, you know, and then all these little things, all these, you know. She was like, he was like two years older, but they, you know, they knew each other, and we've been able to huh. meet him and stuff. So, yeah, so he's a great guy, great guy, good comedy, clean, I mean, Clean comedy is very difficult because you don't have to land on like any kind of F-bombs or anything like that. Right. Just, like, man, you could just let it rip and just let funny be funny. You know? Yeah. It's, it's amazing how he keeps it so clean and he's yeah. a, like his last Amazon special or whatever. I mean, it was 70 minutes of just, I mean, I was like, Oh my goodness. I mean, just, and it was hard. He was in the round uh, yep. auditorium, yep. which is one of the hardest things to, to perform in because you never want people on, on your side or behind you. And somehow he was able to, you know, he turned a lot, but he was able to do it. I was like, man, it's one of those things where you always, I would say, always keep your audience in front of you if, if, at, all, if at all possible. But, uh, you know, I guess he had so many people that he had to do it in a round auditorium. So it's incredible. He still, he still killed it. Yeah. 
Go back to the structure for a second. So, you know, you talk about the mess. I mean, so powerful. I mean, people are are drawn into vulnerability and transparency. How, you know, give some advice about how deep, how vulnerable to be. You know, is there is there like a, you know, warning, warning, you're going too deep, uh, you know, because I think so many speakers get this part wrong because they, they make themselves like, you know, borrowing from Donald Miller's story brand, they make themselves the hero of their story instead of, you know, the people who are listening or the, or the, you know, th them being the guide. But then some people it's like, the, I know they're few and far between, but they go way deep into the vulnerability. Give us a guide yeah. about, you know, where, what to share on the mess. Sure. Uh, I would say whatever you feel comfortable sharing, if it takes away from the message, I would definitely won't go that far down. Mm, you know, okay. you always want to keep it on point. Um, and if it makes you emotional, you got to be careful. Uh, I don't know. Sometimes you can lose your audience by getting emotional because it shows that maybe you haven't worked through uh, some of the some of your own stuff. You yeah. Know? Uh, yeah. That maybe you still need some healing to do. And so, um, so just know how much can you share? How what what will make you emotional and stay away from that? You know, uh, because the audience is not they don't want you to just like vomit on them. Right. Yeah. With, with all your stuff. That's yeah. what the counselor's for. Yeah. Uh, and so the, the reason I use like the worst part of mine is because I make it funny. Mm, like I yeah. actually make it a hilarious event, but then I come back and say, I'm, I've been healed through that process. That's the only reason I let you laugh at my pain. Yeah. And so I, I make it a oh. point to say, listen, I understand that what I said was hard. And I, and I did it in a way that made you laugh, but I want you to know that I've been healed from that. And so I give them, because I talk about going, going through the healing process, that it's hard, but it's worth it. Yeah. And so because of that, I can kind of come back and say, here's, here's because I've been through the healing process and I'm good, man, I can, you can now, I can laugh at that situation. Mm. I used to cry about that you know i used to hate going to middle school but yeah. now i go into middle schools it's my favorite to go into speak in middle schools i love it you know and so because i've been through that healing process or else man i go in kind of like one foot in one foot out kind of like yep how are these how are these kids going to treat me even today you know yep no not far i'm far from it now i'll come in head first you know and so yeah. that's part of being able to overcome kind of like your hurts so i would say mm. just enough share enough where the audience can say ah i've been through that or i know someone who has been through that mm. uh, because we all want to we, when people are speaking we're always thinking about other people as well like man oh right. I can help that person or that person told me the other day they were going through that same thing that this the speaker is talking about yeah and so and you know we're always talking about others and you know even like like you said nate bargaski like when i when i watch it i'm like man i I'm gonna show this with my brother, man. I, want my, I think my brother will laugh at the same thing that I yes. laugh at, you know. And so we're always thinking about other people. So yeah, I would say just share enough to where you can, to where it doesn't take away from your message. Yeah. Oh, that's powerful. That's powerful because it can. It can totally overshadow. I probably the first five, eight years, maybe ten years, I spoke. I'm a storyteller, same same way, same vein, and I would get so offended when people would, you know, only remember the story. <laughs> You know, and I, I let the story overshadow the message, you know, kind of in the same vein of what you're talking about. Yeah. And address. I mean, if it's deep, address it, man. If you yeah. think, yeah. And then, and then my mom killed herself. 
And let me tell you, the next day I went to school and I didn't have anything to eat. And I was like, whoa, 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 wait, what? What just yeah. happened? You're home. What? Yeah. Yeah. I'll just leap over because some kids are like, I need you to unpack that just a little yeah. bit, you know, yeah. and just share how you dealt with it and how you're okay now, because I still feel like you're just not okay. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. So 13 years, uh, if there, is there something you could tell like Fabian 13 years ago that you've learned over the course of, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of, you know, people that you've spoke to, it, you know, what's, you know, something that comes to your mind that you'd love to go back in time and tell, you know, Fabian 13 years ago. Well, I'll say, uh, as far as the speaking business, I'll do that first, um, that it's going to work out, you know, mm. it's seasonal. There, 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 there were times where I was just like, man, this is not cut out for me. No one, no one wants to book me, you know? Yeah. I think we've all kind of been in that situation. Oh, this speaker's better than me. Can really <laughs> you know, what is he doing? What is he doing that I'm not doing, you know, or, yeah. or what is she doing that I'm not doing? And, and so yep. we can always, we can always don't compare yourself with others. You know, I, I finally, I finally learned this. Look, don't, don't look at the competitors, become the competitor, mm. you know, uh, become the competition. And what I mean by that, I'm not saying just, Oh, walk around and say, I'm the best. No, just be your best. And then people will see you as the competitor. Yeah. Like, I don't care what people are doing on TikTok and Instagram and Twitter. I don't care about how many followers you have. There's other speakers that have way more followers than me, way more presence, you know, are better looking. Okay. Not that many, but a couple. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the, the goal is that your content needs to reign as king content is still king mm. if you have a better message than those people then guess what your impact will be bigger and stronger and will last longer and yeah. that's the goal is that your yeah. the impact that you give will surely so pat surpass you know twitter or x or whatever it's called nowadays you know yeah um, your message will always reign so. i love that i love that okay so Kind of rounding, uh, you know, rounding third and, and uh, heading home. So you've written a couple of books, uh, children's books, right? Do I have this? Yeah. Do I have this right? So, yeah. And one of them you wrote Dude. with your daughter. We did. We co-wrote, man. She came up to me one day and was like, Dad, you wrote a book. I have uh, I have a book about how I help kids debrief like, like their anger. It's called a kid's book about anger. And so oh. I teach kids know how to unpack the, their anger and how to, how do you really, you know, because Kids don't know how to do it, you know, right. and it's like everything else. We all need to be taught something. Yep. You know, how do you deal with your anger? So I wrote a book about that. It's called a kid's book about anger. So my daughter comes up and says, hey, you wrote a book. I want to write a book, too. You know, and I was like, she goes, will you help me? I'm like, oh, man, it's so hard to write. Yeah, you know, that's why not everybody has a book. And I'm like, man, I went through a publisher and they went like two years in the making just to get it out. Wow. So I told her. Look, what would it be about? And she goes, Dad, I, they say that kindness has been lost with my generation. I want to write a book about how kindness can be found. Oh. Like, Man, that is so good. Oh. You know, I was like, we got to do it. I, I can't oh. say no. Man. And so uh, we started with the title. You know, we start with the end of mind. And so we started with the title. We're like, you know what? We're going to call it How Kindness Was Lost and Found. Wow. And then that's what it's called. So we were like, man, we we're going to write it about a, a kid that goes to all the lost and founds in his small town looking for kindness. And that's the whole gist of it, you know, and his mom tells him, you know, he doesn't find it because you can't find kindness in a box. But his mom finally tells him like, hey, 
The reason you didn't find it is because you can't find it in a box. You can only find it within people. And then he has this aha moment and he becomes a hero of his story. He's like, really, mom? And he asked a million dollar question that we should all be asking ourselves. He says, well, mom, how can others find kindness in me? You know? And so that was the whole gist. And then she starts talking to him about the golden rule. She's talking five love languages in there. She's like, you gotta, you gotta love people or give people gifts, or this is how you show love to people. You know, yeah. you go through all five, all five of the love languages, you know? And I'm like, when you start doing these things for people, man, people start looking at you like, man, this, this person is so kind. This person has kindness in them. Mm. And so anyways, that's the gist of the story. So, oh yeah, my goodness. Pretty cool. That's mm-hmm. amazing. And to do yeah. with your and now as a fifth grader, yeah, as a fifth grader, she was a she was an author, you know, going around, <laughs> and now she's just got her first opportunity for a speaking engagement at a conference. Oh. And so, uh, yeah, so we're gonna kind of culture through that and come up with a thirty minute speech yep. uh, about the book and about kindness and about you know, there's a lot of science behind being happy and being kind. And so, yep. we're gonna kind of break it down and kind of help her how to develop a speech now. So, oh my goodness. Well, you've given us such gold, I mean, such great wisdom, you know, especially for people who are communicating. And then, I mean, even for parents and I mean, just so, so appreciate your time. Before I let you go, let me do some rapid fire questions. Our audience can kind of keep getting to know you. You know, do you have a favorite speaker? You know, someone that's like, ooh, every single time I love listening to the speaker. They just, yeah. they just bring it up. I, I remember when I first started, I was <clears throat> obviously like everybody else typing in motivational speaker, finding people. So 13 years ago, you, you would hear like Les Brown or you would hear uh, Zig Ziglar. In fact, I, I, I would say I would put Zig Ziglar at the top, just kind of at that old school. You know, how some comedians are like Richard Pryor, man. Richard Pryor was a guy. <laughs> okay. I put Zig Ziglar in that spot in my mind. And, uh, and I remember the, you, you, you can, uh, you can Google the prime the pump. He has this speech on YouTube that I used to watch all the time. It's called priming the pump. Mm. And I love it because he uses this, this pump as a, as a prop, you know, and he's teaching and he's teaching this audience. And he's like, man, the thing about priming the pump is that you got to do the hard work. You know, you got to do the hard work. And if you stop doing the hard work, man, the water will go down the well, you know, so you got to keep doing it, man. And by the time you know that water comes out and oh man, there's so much that water can give. But then if you stop priming the pump, you know, and I've always remembered that Wow. Like, hard, hard work, you know, will will bring results. You know, yep. it's almost like action creates traction, and so that's exactly what I got out. So I never forgot using props. You know, using things on the stage. You know, he he uses his voice also goes up and he goes down. Yep, like he knows all in that. It's like four minute clip, and he had the audience laughing. I mean, it was like ah, uh, if I could do that for four minutes, you know, I get an hour. You know, this guy did so much in in four minutes. <laughs> But anyways, all of the same, it's one of my favorites. I love yeah, it. Exactly. I love Prime it. We'll, we'll find that and we'll put it in the show notes, of course. And then um, is there a podcast you really love either for communication, leadership development, or, you know, even guilty pleasure that you're like, oh, I just, I just yeah. love this one. I do a lot of like uh, on the road. I'm always listening to uh, a lot of audio, like audible, you know? Yeah. Uh, the last one that I read was, uh, or listened to, obviously, it's kind of weird, right? People who, yeah, I read this book. No, then you just listen to it, right? <laughs> uh, but Alex Alex Harmozy has a good one called A Hundred Million Dollar Offers. Mm-hmm. And it's great for like, in, in, if you sell anything, even a book, or even if you sell like your, your speaking services, just knowing how do you put the offer online. And it always goes back to this quote that I've heard. I don't even know who said it, but a, a confused buyer will never buy. 
And so if you can actually put, and it is true because you ever been to Arby's, man, Arby's has like 30 options of number one, you know, can I get a number one? Would you like that small, medium or large? Would you like that? Blah, 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 blah. You'd like, I'm like, oh, I don't know. I just wanted a number one. That's all I wanted, you know? And so, uh, but a confused buyer would never buy. And so I love the, how he says about hundred million dollar offer, how you just create the perfect offer. And when it's so perfect, man, people feel dumb saying no. Yep. Know? So we, we should all, as, as speakers, we should also think about how do we offer our services to people? And if we confuse people, that's probably why we're not being booked. Mm. So if you can put some, you, you put yourself out there as good as you are. And if you make it real difficult, man, put a 20 page form out there. Right. I guarantee yeah. you, you're going you're gonna to start losing business. Yeah, um, absolutely. If you make yourself more like, man, put just two or three different, like, I just want to say, how much do you charge? You know, yeah. let's start there. Yeah. Um, I think you'll be able to get booked a lot more. And another one that I, I would say, since, since a lot of speakers and authors will probably be listening to this podcast, um, it's called Book Yourself Solid hmm. by a guy named uh, Michael Port. And I, my main takeaway from him, he has a, I had a lot of takeaways from his book. But I remember when he said, you know, don't tell people what you, what you are, tell people what you do. And he talks about how when you network with people, make it easy for people to refer you. For example, if I say, hey, Jason, I'm a motivational speaker. Well, now I just I leave you with all the questions to ask, you know. Right. But if I say, hey, Jason, you know how you put an audit, you know, how when they sit all the kids in an auditorium and then a guy comes in and they they speak on like anti-bullying or drug prevention, like for Red Ribbon Week. Remember, we grew up with Dare. Remember that? Okay, well, guess what? I'm the guy they hire nowadays. That's what <laughs> yes. they do. So I'm That's a so teacher good. for schools. So now it puts you in the framework of like, oh, man, I know a teacher. I know a principal. I know so-and-so over here. They have a school. Man, I'm going to refer you to them, you know, because now I know what you do, not just who you are. Yeah. And so anyways, that's, I, that was one of my takeaways from the. He has a lot of takeaways, but that was, anyways, book yourself solid. Just how do you present yourself to people so that uh, you can have more leads than you need? Oh, I love that. I love that. Okay, last question. We, we kind of talked about it offline, but of all of the major league stadiums you visited, and you have visited a, a lot. I'm very 27. jealous. Twenty-seven now. Twenty-seven. <laughs> is there an absolute favorite? Is there one that just rises above the rest? Yeah. So two stadiums ago, I, I went to Pittsburgh and I, I went mm. to a Pirates game, and I was watching the game. It was such a good night, you know. But it, it was a nice ballpark. Um, easy parking, 15 bucks across the street, across the street, 15 bucks is crazy. And then, but the most, the, the thing that, that stood out the most to me was as I'm watching the game, I saw this, this elderly man, an usher for the pirates, and he was showing a, a family to their seats and he had their tickets. And, you know, when he's like, come on, follow me. And he's, you know, they're, they're following to the seats. When he gets to the seats, he pulls out this rag and he starts wiping down the seats Every seat that they're about to sit in, he wipes them down, you know, and then he's like, okay. And then he gives the ticket back and then, and they're just standing there. Like you can see it on their face. Like you don't have to do this. Right. Like I'll, I'll clean my own seat. You know, you're an elderly. And so yeah. I was like, man, that is not, you know, that, that, that's really the way I, I want to be in life. Right. Yes. Where you're helping people, uh, even as an elder. So then I looked it up online and I learned that they're hiring senior adults to come in and be ushers and the certain sections of the pirates. Um, that's what they do. They wow. go and they wipe down seats for people. It's memorable so much. So there's like a CBS special about, 
this one guy who was 99 years old. And so anyway, all that to say, like, I can see, I can see me like even presenting this to people to be like, man, first of all, you're never too old to be kind to people. You know, yep. kindness is not, we usually yep. hear about people older that, that sometimes they're mean, you know, get off my lawn. So this is a way, just kind of like teenagers too. Yep. Teenagers are always mean and they're always selfish thinking about themselves, but sometimes they are. But man, I, I like, I like to look for the benefit of the doubt in people, yeah. you know, and let's share some of the positivity that we see online. And yep. so, man, just that whole story of kindness, man, for me, the Pirates, PNC <laughs> Park, it's, I call it the kindness park. Man. I love awesome. it. It's, it's I amazing. love it. So that's one of my favorites. Absolute. Ah, oh, amazing. Well, Fabian, I can't thank you enough for spending this time with me and, and really can't thank you enough for all that you do for students and families. Before I let you go, could you just tell us, you know, where can we find you online? We'll make sure that we, you know, put all that stuff in our show notes and emails and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. You can, uh, so you can find me on my website, uh, FabianRamirez.com. Uh, you can also Google bullying speaker for schools. I'm usually top four. Uh, in there, or that Hispanic guy who speaks in schools. All right. There's about two or three of us, right? uh, <laughs> like whatever you want to type in, man, that, you know, yep. uh, that those things for sure. FabianRamirez.com will definitely uh, put people into in, my website. It has great information all laid out. So yeah. awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you again for, uh, being on the speak with people podcast. Really, really value your time and thank you again. Yeah, no, thank you guys. Appreciate you. And thank you for being a part of the speak with people podcast community. We're just so grateful for you. Every single download, when you listen, when you watch on YouTube or Spotify or Apple or Buzzsprout or Amazon Music, wherever you listen to this podcast, if I could ask and uh, would come to you, if you could leave a review on Apple Podcasts, that would be absolutely huge. If this podcast has given you value, just go to Speak With People on Apple Podcasts, scroll down, leave a review. That really does help the algorithm so more people can find it. Also, are you a leader who is finding themselves standing in front of people more often and you just need to improve your public speaking skills? Well, Speak With People's created a course. We call it the Pathway because it's a step-by-step -step guide to becoming a more confident, clear, and captivating communicator. So if you go to speakwithpeople.com slash the pathway, you can find out information about our course. Thanks again for being a part of the podcast. Hopefully today you've been challenged, encouraged to elevate the importance and practice of healthy communication in your life and leadership. My hope is that you will speak with people and not at them. We'll see you next week. Thanks again.